Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to New Japan Watch. Took a week off last week. Things have been getting a little crazy. You know, it's it was Easter and it was end of assignment time. Like so, it's all piling up. And now I'm in exams, so it's a lot of stuff going on. But luckily, still had time to this week finally watch um, Best of Super Juniors 2013, or at least the little bit that's been put up on uh, New Japan World. These days, lucky us, uh, New Japan records all of their um, tournament matches from New from the New Japan Cup. Well, I can't tell you for sure they record all of Best of Super Juniors or all of G1. I believe they do, or at least most of it. But I do know that um, for New Japan Cup this year, they recorded even the stuff from the house shows. So that went up there, which is pretty cool. If you want the total package, you know, if you want to see everything, usually the house show matches aren't necessarily anything exceptional. So you know it is what it is but um, yeah at least it's all there if you really want to follow the tournament in depth the way you would a, a, a real sports tournament but the best of Super Juniors 2013 they only have day one which had like I think eight or nine matches on it maybe even ten uh, I, I didn't count them but they're there uh, and then the finals of which so there were a lot of like tag matches and like normal non-junior tournament matches on there that I just I kind of just skipped them because this episode is going to be have plenty of wrestling anyway and none of the matches I think were particularly uh, significant there were no titles defended there were no not even any singles matches I think they were all all tag matches with um, just whoever so let's get started on uh, day one of best of, best of super juniors 2013 so we're starting off with match number one which is the legend Jushin Thunder Liger versus a young man named Hiromu Takahashi. Now, who could that be, I wonder? He's a young lion. So, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Yujiro for that matter, I, or sorry, Yujiro, Hiromu. Ugh, ugh, don't want to mix those two up. Liger and Hiromu, um, neither of whom have appeared on a match in this show so far. Of course, very uh, famous for their own rights. Jushin Thunder Liger, res legendary. Uh, when you think of junior heavyweights in the Japanese way of thinking of them, or Japanese junior heavyweights, you think of Jushin Thunder Liger. He's a legend. He's been in something like 25 straight Best of Super Juniors tournaments. Unreal guy. Uh, great wrestler. Even to this day, still an awesome wrestler. Um, you know, he's obviously a lot more limited these days than what he used to be, but he can still put on entertaining matches, even if they're not as spectacular as some of his other matches from when he was younger. Um, and, of course, he's taking on a young lion, Hiromu Takahashi, uh, in I don't know if he had matches before because the Young Lion matches um, from this time period are not up on New Japan World, which is, you know, whatever. No big deal. Um, I have seen him, Hiromu, around, like, you know, with the Young Lions helping out on ringside at some of these shows, and I've noticed him because he's, even without the crazy hair and the jacket, he's, he has a recognizable enough face. So I knew he was Young Lion about this time, but this is my first time seeing him in action, and it was very, very interesting to see this matchup. Um, Hiromu went fast on offense early, um, he went <clears throat> early on. He went for a running drop kick to the floor, which is one of his uh, one of his moves he does now, which is pretty crazy because you're it's it's like not a finish or anything. It's just kind of a regular move, but you're taking a back bump to the from the from the apron to the floor, which is you know that's no one's catching you. That's a lot. Um, he gets he's on the outside. Liger hits him with a brainbuster. This is like one of the big spots in the match. Liger nails him with a brainbuster way out in the outside. They tease a 20, because uh, in Japan it's a fast count, but it's a count to 20. They tease the count out right at the, like, right before 20. He just barely gets back in. Liger hits a palm strike. 
and he hits a Liger Bomb, and Hiromu kicks out. And it's like, oh my god, this young lion just, you know, he almost died from the Brain Buster, but he kicked out a Liger Bomb. Oh, man. So, he's just, it is such a good, this was a great match for what it was. I love this. Uh, it was all about Hiromu's fighting spirit. You know, he's the baby face who doesn't have a chance, but he's, like, fighting on anyway just because. Um, Liger just is like an arm breaker, you know, when you put the ar pull the arm over the shoulder and then do, like, the little, like, jump down. So you pull the, your their arm onto your shoulder. And he, like, he sells it like his arm's been broken. It was awesome. Uh, Liger goes for the arm lock. Romo gets a rope break. Romo hit a Hurricane Rana um, to send Liger. Well, it didn't send Liger to the outside, but Liger ended up outside after taking the Rana. Um, and then Hiromo hits the running drop kick that he missed earlier in the match. So that was awesome. He hits a top rope drop kick on the inside. Um, hits a German suplex, which Liger kicks out of. Um, they get into a strike battle back and forth, which was awesome. Um, Hiromu nearly pins him twice, which is nearly pins Jushin Thunder Liger twice. It was really, really good. Uh, Liger hits a superplex. Hiromu does a like almost Hulk Hogan-esque Hulk up. Um... There was a palm, uh, Shote Palm Strike kick out at, uh, yeah. Liger hits his Shote Palm Strike. Hiromu kicks out at one, uh, then a second Prime Strike, then a Brain Buster for the pin. I mean, listen, for a Young Lion match, it's never going to be any better than this. This was so good. Uh, I mean, it's only, I give it three and a half stars, which is, you know, but for what it was, which is like a match between a guy in his 50s and a guy who's like just been wrestling like a couple years or less you're never going to get you're not going to get many matches better than this unless it's like Matt Riddle versus Minoru Suzuki or some shit you know what i mean the excuse <clears throat> me and it, that's incredible and i think matches like that are really why you can see they had the confidence to insert Hiromu where they've inserted him when he's come back in that top spot in the junior heavyweight division so uh yeah match number 2 so yes yeah, so i give that sorry i give that 3 and a half just to make that clear match number 2 Taka Mishinoku versus Tiger Mask the Fourth. Um, Taka, I'm not sure if I've seen one of match. Maybe one of those big multi-man tag matches. I know uh, I've, I've mentioned him a couple times that he's he's Suzuki Gun's henchman. He's always holding the Suzuki Gun flag. He comes out with Killer Elite Squad a lot. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's I'm not necessarily sure he's gotten a match besides interfering on the outside like all the Suzuki Gun guys. Tiger Mask the Fourth again, a guy I've watched a lot these days because um, he's always in those opening match multi-man tags, and he's now that Tiger Mask W is a thing, he's hanging out with Kota Ibushi. I mean Tiger Mask W. <laughs> um, but I had not. I don't think in the. I think this is his first appearance on this show, so that's exciting. We've got Tiger Mask in here. Um, Taka jumped Tiger before the match. Uh, opens with a knee to the face by Taka. That gets him a two. Tiger sells um, for a bit. They're going for like stuff. Uh, he hits jumping tiger, hits a jumping spin kit, uh, and he kicks Taka Mishinoku out of the ring. Oh man, he nails him with a bunch of stiff kicks. It was pretty good. I remember that. Um, so Taka Mishinoku, or no, sorry, Tiger gets a two count, and Taka kicks out into a key lock by by Tiger Mask, which is really great. Tiger gets the rope break. Um, tiger Mask just a lot more kicks. I, it was very very awesome. Um, those kicks. Uh, double arm submission by Tiger Mask. Rope break. Um, Tiger goes for a German suplex. Um, and Taka flips out, but Tiger Mask kicks him in the head. But when Tiger goes for the pin off of the kick to the head, Taka gets a roll up and wins. So, a lot of what was in this match was very, very good. I thought it was 
a little underwhelming because of the roll-up finish and because of how short it was. I only give it three and a quarter, but at the end of the day, you know, it's it's a it's of the fir- one of the first matches in best of super juniors. You get through ten of these, and in the whole tournament, you're gonna have you know like fifty or something. So it's not the end of the world when these matches are short, and sometimes there's gotta be roll-up and surprise finishes. So you know, this is a perfectly great match. It didn't. After the very exciting start with the young line taking on Jushin Liger, which I enjoyed, um, this match wasn't as good, in my opinion. Just, I mean, mechanically, it was probably better, but emotionally, it wasn't as good. Um, but it definitely didn't bring the crowd down a lot after um, the first match. It kept up the pace, which was very good. That's what you really, and best of Super Juniors, it's just great to have a lot of fast matches that are all energetic, not too long, and they just like keep the crowd going. Uh, that's what I really was really feeling while I was watching this. And this match fit, fit that bill nicely. So next up, the first, um, let's see here. So yeah, no, yeah. So the third match we're talking about here, Kenny Omega versus Giotto. Now Kenny Omega, uh, if you listen to our main podcast, you know we you've heard us talk a lot about his match with Kazuchika Okada in this past January main event at Wrestle Kingdom. The fabled six-star match. This was the first time he's appeared on this particular playlist. I don't know if he was still in DDT at this point. I don't know. If this was his first New Japan match. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I just know it's the first appearance on this show, and I was excited to see him because Kenny Omega definitely a, a guy that I have. You know, he's one of my favorites. And he was going up against Giotto, who, well, <clears throat> what can you say about Giotto? He probably shouldn't be working anymore. All right, I, I have some notes here at the at the, uh, at the beginning of this. Uh, Kenny is so jacked is my first note. And, yeah, he was looking buff as fuck. He was sitting in his, his green and yellow trunks. You know, it's it, this is Kenny Omega classic, or DDT Kenny Omega, I guess. Um, he was being, like, very over-the-top, like, comedy wrestler Kenny Omega almost because he was exaggerating every movement. His selling was like he'd been shot from every little chop from Jado. It. I have a lot of issues with the match. I think this match was pretty bad, honestly, unfortunately, because I love Kenny Omega, but um, the blame is not going to be on him, although he wasn't necessarily helping. Um, the problem is that Giotto is wrestling a very kind of just simple, very basic pro wrestling style, and he's not executing it super well. And so his doesn't look like he's hitting very hard, and then Kenny sells every hit like in an extremely exaggerated comical fashion which in doesn't it looks comical only because it looks comical that such a strike given by Giotto could cause such a response and there's still I think sometimes like to the level he's doing them in this match against even against someone like Okada or like Shibata it would be too much but at least with those guys their offense is realistic enough that this the ridiculous selling fits a little bit more and of course you know you don't always have to sell that ridiculously and Kenny's toned that down a lot I think um, these days his offense of course is always awesome uh, hits a splash to the outside he's doing his running and his knees and all that stuff uh, they get into a chop battle uh, Giotto gets the advantage and does his like flare flop out of nowhere of course Kenny just as I said bumping all over the place which, and it looks terrible um, uh Giotto hits a draping DT that Kenny barely kicks out of. And here's the thing about this other thing is that Giotto is fucking not, isn't selling anything for Kenny. Like, it's terrible. He, like, 
in air quotes kicks out of a move from Kenny and like he doesn't his shoulder doesn't even come up uh, but like I have this note every so often as I complain and I complain this match sucks and there's that and then I go oh yeah but Kenny's really his moves his move set and his moves are awesome he does his like you know when he does this thing in the corner where he flips out over top of the dude and like all that stuff is awesome uh, it's astounding standing moonsault countered into Jado's crossface Kenny gets out but Jado counters a dragon suplex into another camp crossface and taps Kenny out star and a half this match blue um, fucking Jado. Jado made a made a Kenny Omega match bad. That's how bad he is, you know. And like Kenny Omega's not, you know. I guess he even he can have bad matches from time to time. But like this was brutal. And it's not like sometimes Kenny Omega just wants to, especially these days. Like people complain about like house show Kenny Omega when he's just wearing the colorful pants and just like goofing off or whatever because he wants to. You know, sometimes you want to save your body, whatever. If you're not in the main event, whatever. But he had his Kenny Omega came to play on this show, and Jado made him look like shit. And I'm going to put that on Giotto, especially since I saw the match we're going to talk about in a minute versus Prince Devitt on a totally different level, and it it's very, very clear that um, Giotto was the problem in that match, as anyone would guess. Um, so, next up, Rocky Romero versus Taichi. Rocky Romero, of course, just won the ta- junior tag champs at Wrestling Dontaku with his partner Alex Kozlov back in 2013, but as we know, today in 2017, Rocky Romero just won the tag team championships with his current partner Beretta so there's a little symmetry there and of course there is because Rocky Romero is destined to win and lose those junior tag titles a thousand million times forever uh Taichi I don't like I don't know the last time I saw him wrestle a match probably one of those Suzuki gun multi-man tags but like mostly he's Minoru Suzuki's valet and comes out and like chokes people out with chairs or his fucking mic stand or whatever the hell you know uh, lots of playing with the crowd early, you know, Rocky and Taichi doing stuff. They both go to shake hands and they both betray the other guy in the handshake. You get a double eye poke, you know, stuff like that. I, it, this was fun. Um, Rocky hits a Hurricane Rana and a Tope. Um, he rolls Taichi into the ring, but Taichi roll like rolls all the way across the ring. That was a funny spot. Um, Rocky... Taichi like starts like gets Rocky down and starts stomping on him and like he go he's got the microphone and he's like he's making fun of him while he's stomping him out. Um, Rocky reverses it and does it to him of course, and then Takamichinoku distracts the ref. Taichi cheats. Like this match was fine and even an entertaining little comedy match up until this started happening and uh, it sucked. Rocky eventually got the forever clotheslines. Uh, hung Taichi up on the chop rope and drop kicked him uh, from the turnbuckle. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out what I what I wrote here. Oh yeah, he does a spot where he puts him on the top rope, uh, hits a drop kick. Uh, Hurricane Rana off the top, hit a tombstone, kick out. Uh, then Taichi is a ref bump, a low blow, a roll up. Taichi wins. I give this half star. This this is really disappointing. You can't expect much more from Taichi and Suzuki Gun. Uh, but it was disappointing because I think it really shows you I, people give Taiji so much shit and it's not undeserved but it is kind of like if you take away the Suzuki gun gimmicks he would be fine you know he would I guess it's kind of like they don't want two Yanos on the roster but like he would be, he'd be different enough from he'd be like a junior version of Yano I guess but he'd be different enough and entertaining enough like he can he can do that kind of comedy stuff. He could be like a mix of Rocky and Yano. And 
maybe I just, he's just not a good, good enough wrestler. I think they need all this other stuff to like get him heat, but I don't know. I thought, uh, even I know everyone hates Taichi for various reasons, but like he's a perfectly adequate wrestler and he was doing some good fun spot, comedy spots with Brocky up until all this distraction bullshit and it sucked. <clears throat> now we have something a little more exciting to talk about. Uh, Beretta, as we mentioned, future tag team partner of Rocky Romero, best friend of Chuck Taylor, uh, Dustin, versus oh, the king of the cruiser. No, not Neville. Uh, against Ricochet, the king. Ricochet the king. He wears a crown on Twitter. It looks very, very good on him. Um, both these guys, first time appearing on this show. I can't wait for these guys, both these guys to appear more. Both, I love both these dudes. Beretta, unfortunately, doesn't get enough chance to show what he does. He's stuck in that junior tag division. But you know what? Whatever. I'm sure he'll get a chance eventually somewhere. He's a great guy. He's a great worker. Um, in fact, actually, I know he's got a title match against Zack Sabre Jr. in PWG. So that's something I'm going to seek out and watch. And I recommend you all do the same. Uh, Order it on DVD, of course, uh, legally. The correct way to, to do those sorts of things. Ricochet, as we all know, is a gigantic star. He will be a gigantic star wherever he ends up going once his Lucha Underground contract is up, whether that's New Japan in a bigger role than it is now, whether that's Ring of Honor, or whether that is um, Vince McMahon's world of action figure boys. Any of those places would be very happy and very lucky to have Ricochet. Brett and Ricochet started off with a lot of grappling. Um, they're tying each other up, doing all... You know, all those little, like, kind of grappling moves to start off the match. Uh, Ricochet is a thing where he takes a bump and does a kip-up. Crowd pop big for that. I was writing notes down. I, uh, here's here's the note I wrote. I was writing my notes, and Ricochet did 17 backflips. I think he did his thing where, like, he bounces off the ropes and does, like, a little flip, but then he does, like, three more flips. Uh, Beretta makes fun of the flips. They trade chops in the corner. Ricochet delivers some stiff kicks, brother. I don't know if they're really stiff. I just wrote they look stiff, so there you go. Uh, Ricochet gets a standing surfboard. Um, he banks Trent's head up on the post, too. I don't know. Sorry, I watched this a little while ago, and I'm reading my notes, so I am going to get mistaken from time to time, but that's standing surfboard with Ricochet. Um, Trent hits a giant pop-up powerbomb. Uh, I wrote the match feels slow paced because I think it was like lots of like big bumps sell 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 which is a very American indie style um, and they, they went into it a little faster than they feel like they needed to like they should have kept it a little higher paced and saved some of the bigger bumps to later in the match but you know they did they did what they did and as you'll, you'll know I did like this match so there you go uh, Chant did a jumping knee drop Ricochet kicks out Ber uh, Bretta hits a great drop kick um, Sunset Flip countered into a bridge German suplex for a kick out huge running drop kick by Ricochet in the corner Ricochet hit a corkscrew dive um, Beretta hit a big elbow stunner running moonsault and, by Ricochet but uh, Trent kicks out Trent question mark Beretta hit what I can only describe as Destino like Naito's finisher um, which was awesome I does he do that move regularly? I feel like he can't anymore because it's Nigel's finisher. But uh, Ricochet kicked out. Ricochet hit him with an Enziguri. Uh, and then a bridging backdrop for a kick out. Um, Beretta. So Ricochet goes for a Phoenix Splash, but Beretta dodges. Beretta hits a running knee, which got a, got a 
kick out, of course. Um, Barretta went for the Destino, which uh, Ricochet countered into a kick out, or sorry, countered into a roll up, which Barretta kicked out of. There's a lot of stuff going on here. This got like super indie style right here. Um, so reverse Frankensteiner. Um, reverse Frankensteiner by Beretta, which Ricochet kicked out of. Ricochet hit an inverted 450 splash. Like, it's funny because his finisher now is like whatever it is, the 690 or the crazy number of flips one. The inverted 450, I'm pretty sure, is what Mustafa Ali does on 205 Live, which is also a great finisher. I like that move a lot. So I had no problems with that. Uh, yeah, so Ricochet won. Uh, with that move, the inverted for 50 splash is a pin. Um, I give this match four stars. I, oh, and I should mention that all these first day matches are not going to have ratings from Dave. I don't think he rated them, or at least I couldn't find them on WrestlingObserver.com uh, or Figure Four F4WOnline.com. So, yeah. Uh, so there's just ratings from me up until the two semifinals and the final match. Those will all have ratings from Dave as well. Okay, Taguchi versus Kozlov. <laughs> My first note is not expecting good things because you got Taguchi, who's, I mean, in a serious storyline right now, but he's a bit of a goofball, and Kozlov, who is the fucking pits, honestly. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy. I just, like, find his wrestling atrocious. Um, I get into chain wrestling early. Some high arm drives by Taguchi. I love those. Those look really good when he does them. So Taguchi got thrown into the ring, hurt his knee, um, Kozlov hit a springboard double axe handle. Um, they had some back and forth. I wrote it's kind of dull. So they teased a count out on the outside. Taguchi does the Eddie Guerrero suplexes with the three amigos. Um, Taguchi got knocked off the top rope and, of course, grabs his knee again. He's, so it was good that they kept the knee going on. Kozlov, <laughs> Kozlov did his dumb Russian dancing thing. I don't know if it was this week or last week or I wrote or... This week or two weeks ago, I said it was killing the business, brother. But it's uh, not sound like Jim Cornette, but like that one drives me crazy. But this time, he did his shitty dancing damage, and he got punished by Insiguri. Um, Kozlov went for two backslides in a row, both for kickouts. Um, he hit an Insiguri. Taguchi kicked out. Taguchi went for two roll-ups. Kozlov went for a roll-up. They're rolling up back and forth. Uh, Taguchi, I wrote, slams Kozlov in his face. So I guess it was a reverse uh, powerbomb then? Uh, it was a kick out anyway. I wrote, a great sequence leads to a two-count roll for Taguchi. So I guess it was happening too fast for me to write it down. Which, some of these junior matches, if they're a little spotty in the notes, that's why. It's just shit's going on so fast. and I don't, I don't have a lot of time to go back and go over it move by move. So I'm doing the best I can. And I just kind of, I want to give you my general impression as well. It's That's more important, I think, than the move by move. Kozlov hit a roll blow and a moonsault and a pin. Kozlov wins. I get three and a quarter stars. Which, there you go. I enjoyed it. I, I give attribute that all to Taguchi. Good job, Taguchi. I guess Kozlov's better than... What's his name? That guy that I hate. Taichi? Him. But also the other one. Jado. Fuck Jado. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Actually, a match I was very much looking forward to. Kushida versus Bushi. Now, of course, Kushida... Uh, last we saw him, he lost the junior tag titles at Wrestling Dontaku um, to Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov. Uh, and then Bushi, who is now a member of Los Ingobernables de Japón. I just got their ha a hat of theirs in the mail, actually. It was very nice. Uh, right from ProWrestlingTees.com. 
All your source for official New Japan merchandise. Hooray. Um, yeah, so Bushi's first appearance. He's still babyface. He's on all the white. Doesn't have the black lipstick yet. Um, I think it almost – honestly, you want to get my honest opinion. That, like, Bushi coming in, like, the whole, like, heavenly look, and he's definitely being pushed as a big babyface, really made me think of Sin Cara. Like, when they first – they brought in uh, – who was it? Um, I guess it was Mystico originally. Uh, when they, Yeah, when they brought in Mystico – the to be Sin Cara, and he was like the the top draw in Mexico at the time. They brought him in to be Sin Cara, and they gave him a new gimmick and all this stuff. I mean, it's not quite like that because obviously Bushi, first of all, is Japanese. He's from New Japan, and he went on an excursion, I suspect, in to well, I don't know. Bushi's got a complicated story. I don't know if it was that simple. It wasn't like the everyone else, but anyway, it made me think of Sin Cara. Really did when I saw him. <clears throat> I guess because. Dave talks about Bushi having a reputation of being hard to work with, which Sin Cara, obviously, the old Sin Cara, the new Sin Cara botches a lot, but I don't necessarily think he had a bad reputation, but uh, the old Sin Cara definitely had a bit of a uh, reputation. But anyway, this match. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot he was super Mexican thing. He had a giant sombrero on. It was hilarious. And he had a mariachi shirt. Um, they start off going fast, as you'd expect, because she'd done Bushi. Um... But yeah, and there the other reason I thought of Sin Cara is that a couple bosses were only a few minutes in, um, which I would attribute to Bushi if I remember correctly. But like I said, I watched this a few days ago, so it is what it is. Um, Kushida cartwheels out of a Hurricane Rana, applies a modified figure four, and they get he, Bushi gets the rope and they do the old um, the, oh the hold's so tight I need I need you to help me break it up ref I I'm trying to break I just can't which I I do like that spot although. I like it better when it's when it's the heel doing it, which it was Kushida, the babyface, doing it. So that but that was inter still interesting. Um, Bushi massively fucks up a lucha move in the corner. I have written here. Um, so I, it was so badly botched, I couldn't even tell what they were doing. I think it was like a Hurricane Rana or something, but really fucked up. Um, he did manage to hit a nice spinning splash from the top to the outside, though, which good he didn't fuck that up because that you really hurt yourself. They brawled into the crowd, which was. It was a really nice change of pace because we really hadn't seen anything. Like, there had been some stuff outside the ring, but nothing, like, really in the crowd. And so this was very cool. Um, Bushi suplexes Kushida onto the floor. And then he went up to, like, it's like a balcony, but it wasn't super high up. It's just, like, one of – they're on, like, flat ground, and there's an entrance to a different part of the building. And he walked on top of the ledge above where the entrance is and flipped over of there. So it was, like, probably still, like, six or seven feet, though. So it was, like, still crazy. Um it looks scary anyway, and he and it looks scary because he just barely made the flip and didn't fucking nail his face on the ground. I was kind of scared by it, but it worked out and it looked it looked scary. But it 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 he did obviously didn't hurt himself and it looked okay, so that's good. But I was afraid, especially after those botches he'd fucked up earlier. Uh, back in the ring, Kushida kicked out of a pin of the pin attempt off of this cool balcony splash, which. So, so like, did the balcony splash. Bushi dragged Kushida back to the ring, went for a pin. Kushida kicks out. Kushida immediately went for a submission after kicking out. Um, they got into a strike battle, and Kushida's kicking Bushi's ass, I wrote here. Uh, Bushi hit a Rana, a code breaker, and misses a big flip, uh, flippy splash off the top. I don't know if it was supposed to be a, a 450 or a 690 or what, but. Um, Bushi kicked out of a bridging German. Uh, top rope splash into a crazy sequence that eventually ends with Bushi getting the oh the Zack Saber Jr. bridging roll up. So he did like the it's like the roll up 
um, where you're like kind of stretched out over top of the dude with like your dick sticking up in the air. Um, but he, so Bushi got the win with that roll up, and I get three and three quarters. I think this is, I would probably call this the even even though they fucked up a lot of stuff, it it still had like so, so much good stuff in it. I would definitely call it the second best match of day one of Best of Super Juniors. The best match was obviously Beretta versus Ricochet. It's really really good. I liked it a lot. Um, but I think no question that um, this was the, even through all the nonsense, I would probably still put this ahead of um. What I guess I put Taguchi Kozlov at three and three quarters as well. Did I? No, I gave him three and a quarter. Okay, so that was there were just average. Um, but I gave. So I guess I would put Bushi and Kushida ahead of um, Takahashi and Liger, which is the only other match I would consider uh, as the only match I would consider maybe better. But I think even with the botches, there was enough great, there was enough exciting stuff in Bushi versus Kushida that it tops um, Liger Takahashi, which I loved. But it was more exciting because of the storytelling, uh, and it was great storytelling. But it just, it was not as spectacular. It wasn't enough to, to live up to the spectacular stuff that happened in that in that um, Bushi Kushida match. Oh shit! I'm getting ahead of myself because there's still one match left on day ten. I forgot the main event: Alex Shelley versus Prince Devitt. Of course. Alex Shelley lost the junior tag titles with Kushida last time in uh, Wrestling Dontaku. And Prince Devitt, of course, has now formed the Bullet Club, and he's been doing Bullet Club stuff, smashing all the good guys. Brother. So, Balor gets in the ring with the full Bullet Club. They do the full entrance. Balor on, or Devitt, on um, Folly's shoulders. He's got the light-up, real rock and roller jacket. Very, very cool. Better than Jericho's by a lot. So Shelly and Prince Devitt are grappling early. Um, big kick by Shelly on the apron. Um, stunner on the ropes by Shelly. Springboard splash uh, for a kick out by Devitt. Um, there's extended uh, submission hold leading to Devitt getting out and drop kicking Shelly. Uh, and then Shelly gets pulled out and Bullet Club beats the shit out of him. So this is the story of this match. The Bullet Club is interfering constantly beating up Shelly. Devitt hit a running drop kick. Folly pulls Devitt out of the ring to protect him from whatever Shelly's going to do. Shell, uh, Devitt grabs a chair. Shelly kicks it out of his hands. Hits a suicide dive. Um, Folly throws Devitt into the ring to avoid the countout. Otherwise, it would have been the countout. It's implied. Uh, Devitt kicks out of a pin. Devitt counters sliced bread when um, Shelly tries it. Shelly hits some strikes that lead to a two count. Um, hits a springboard DDT to the outside. A package drain brain buster by Shelly for a kick out. Uh, Devitt gets Shelly in the tree of woe, hits a running drop kick, um, then a coup de draw on his back, so he's like hunched over and hits and sh and Devitt hits the coup de gras, um, which is a kick out of course. Uh, running drop, what the heck do I have written here? Running drop kick, gut buster, kick out, presumably by uh, Devitt. Shelly hit uh, repeated face kicks, uh, sliced bread for a kick out. He goes for a splash, misses, coup de gras by Devitt, brain buster by Devitt, pin. Devitt wins. I wrote question marks for my score because there was just so much Bullet Club interference. It's really hard to give it a good score. The wrestling was good, but it's like, you know, when it's only half wrestling and half interference, what can you do? Um, Devitt introduces, comes against the mic, introduces the members of the Bullet Club. Carl taunts the crowd. End of night one. So now we jump to, 
what is it like two weeks later I think we have the semifinals semi number one Prince Devitt versus Kenny Omega um, Devitt I, I wrote here we need to address how he can't do the finger guns because when he uses the finger guns instead of pointing his thumb up like you know a gun he like does like the trigger motion he's like clicking it so it's like wacky I don't know Kenny is like massively over as a baby face Devitt is massively over as a heel great great matchup um, the problem with this match, and it's obvious, the Bullet Club is constantly interfering. Uh, oh, Prince Devitt has sick mutton chops at this time. Very important message to mention. Uh, Devitt's in control early. Kenny gets a few chops in, but it's uh, the real offense is mostly for Devitt. Kenny has a great moveset. I've, that's, oh, half my notes on Kenny Omega are his great moveset because it's like it's things that are awesome, but they're not really like moves. It's, it's hard to when these guys are doing stuff that's getting them over both with the crowd and with me but it's it's not really an it's not really offense and things are so happening so fast you can't really write these things down it's mostly i think kenny's big like when he gets run to the corner and he like flips out that's that's such a great spot um kenny hits a suicide dive once goes to get a table until carl anderson fucking murders him uh Devitt hits a corner drop on kenny applies a one-legged crab um, Omega gets the ropes. Kenny Omega is doing like I wrote here. You can really see the Rock Hogan influences. Like, he's playing to the crowd. He's like being really exaggerated, very, and it's faded out him a little bit more. He's wrestling. It's like a cross between a mod, a a more New Japan heavyweight style and a modern WWE style is the way that Kenny's wrestling right now. But definitely the way he was wrestling back in this time period is. You can really, really see the super exaggerated motions. Definitely the way Rock or Hogan would do things like that. And that's that's so cool, I think. I, I definitely like the way he wrestles now a little bit better. It's I'm definitely a fan of a more, I don't know if realistic is the right word because it doesn't look like MMA and that's what, you know, that's the realistic thing. But it's it's just not in your face about being cartoony. Um, which, like I said, not always a bad thing. And I do like this version of Kenny Omega, but I like the modern one a little bit better. Um... So Kenny gets out, sets up the table, Bullet Club, uh, let's see here. Oh, he went for the triangle moonsault. Um, onto the, he, he got Devitt onto the table and went for the triangle moonsault onto Devitt on the table. Bullet Club stopped him. Carl powerbombs Kenny on the apron. Devitt hits the coup de gras on Kenny through a table. Kenny somehow beats the counter into the ring. He hits an Enziguri, a Dragon Suplex, and Kenny's Dragon Suplex is so tight. One of my favorite moves in wrestling right now. Um, Devitt gets the coup de gras, which Kenny kicks out of. They trade teases of their various finishers until Devitt gets Kenny. Hits the Brain Buster. I gave it four stars because I just, like, this match was short, sweet. The Bullet Club interference ruined it a little bit, but man, like, you're not going to get a much better match than this in in the time they were given. That this was this ruled. They only gave it three and a half. Dave doesn't like interference. Dave doesn't like short matches. And you know what? I understand that. I felt maybe four was a little bit too high, but I couldn't not give it four when it was like this entire show. You know, there may have been better matches than that as a whole, but like I think I had the most fun watching that match that I did watching anything on this show. These two shows, rather. Um. So this is, I would have this as my favorite, even over Ricochet and Beretta, although they did wrestle more of a proper match, as you would think it. Um, let's see here. Semi-final number two, Takuma Shinoku versus Alex Shelley. So it's important to mention here that you'd be like, wow, Taguchi wasn't here. The, 
because they've been te they've been doing this big feud between Taguchi and Devitt, and you'd think that this tournament would be a great place. You know, they should have a final against each other because that's where the heat is. These the former tag team partners. But what happened was, unfortunately, Taguchi got hurt. Um, I don't know if he hurt. I think it was his knee or his leg or something, and so. He was unable. He had to bow out of the tournament. He did like he won all the matches. He would have been in Shelley's spot, but he had to bow out. He was replaced by Alex Shelley, so that's the way that happened. Then would be Alex Shelley and Takamishinoku. Um, they start off, you know, with with exchanging holds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, Taka falls over with a fake injury, which you could tell was a fake right away. You know, he's faking it, but. Um, because the, you could tell because the crowd did not buy it. They didn't go, oh, they kind of went like, they jeered a little bit. They were like not into it. Um, and so, yeah, so Shelly goes to um, goes to like help him up or like be cure, like, whatever. And he tries to, you know, get a roll up or offense or something, whatever. Uh, eventually, Shelly jumping splash to the outside. Um, he goes for another splash and he misses and he lands on his leg funny. And he's still on an injury. And I was like, oh, is he going to? I wondered, he like he went for jumping splash, but he caught himself. It's not like he landed like face first or anything. I should be clear about that. He landed on his feet, but then he went down and like grabbed one of his legs. And I assumed he was doing the um, he was reversing the spot, like you know he was doing he was faking an injury the way the way Taka was. But no, because then Taka puts in a leg hold, um, which he gets out of. He puts him in an ankle lock. He has a figure four with with Shelly's legs around the post. Um, so he's working over the leg, so it's it, they're treating it like a, I mean I assume I know it was a work, but like they're they're not treating it like it's a fake in storyline injury. They're treating it as like real in storyline. So um, Shelly managed to get an in the insiguri and a neck breaker, uh, hits a second insiguri, super kick, uh, and this bothered me a little bit. He completely stopped selling. Here's the thing, I'm not one of those guys that's a real stickler for like, oh, well, if you're getting your leg worked over, you shouldn't do your super kick or whatever. Because I'm totally okay with you doing leg-based offense when you're having your leg worked on. Because there's a way of doing it and still selling. It has to do with like, you selling it while you're doing it is kind of hard. But like, you can sell after you do it. Um, but Shelly, kind of while he's on, not just like while he's literally doing the kicks... But the entire time he's on offense, he doesn't sell at all, and he moves fine, and like all this stuff. It's like there, yeah. I thought that his selling was a big problem for me personally. Um, he got a bully choke, or, or sorry, Taka got a bully choke. They get into a series of knee falls. Uh, Shelly hits a big DDT. Uh, then Shelly hit another super kick, and the air raid crashed for the win. I gave it two and three quarters. Dave gave it three and a quarter. So there you go. Um, you know, you're off by half a star. It's not the end of the world. Like I said, it's not like I'm off from the truth. We're just off an opinion by half a star. But we were in the same range. It's like, it was fine, you know. Uh, so the final of the tournament, of course, comes down to Prince Debit versus the the hated evil leader of the Bullet Club, Alex Shelley. Beautiful, young, full of babyface fire. You know, all that good stuff. Babyface. Uh, Shelley comes out limping, looks nervous, because, you know, you got all of Bullet Club there looking down on him. Comes out, but then he comes out with the baby faces. Kushida, Count New Japan, Tanahashi are there to, to even the odds against Bullet Club, who have interfered in every match Devitt's been in. Presumably, because I haven't seen most of them, but because they weren't uploaded. But you know what I mean. So Prince Devitt um, gets the advantage with the dropkick early on. Um, Shelly chops away out of a headlock. So Bullet Club starts to interfere. Shelly ends up nailing Tomatonga. Uh, Folly beats up Shelly outside, throws him back in the ring. 
Uh, Debit, ch Debit chops Shelly so hard he falls over. So here's a big sequence here. Shelly kicks Debit to the outside, dives, and he gets half caught by Foley. Oh, yeah. So he did this dive, and Foley catches him. And, like, it's weird, though, because he, like, kind of, it looks like Foley didn't catch him very well because Kale, Foley, not Kali, Foley, uh, he spins, like, he catches him and kind of, like, half falls over and lands on him. So I don't know if it was kind of botched a little bit and he was supposed to catch him or it was entirely worked and he was just spinning him into a body slam or if it was supposed to be spun into a body slam and he almost fucked it up but he saved it I have no idea it looked painful and I guess I mean that's what it's supposed to look like I just hope it wasn't that painful for real but you never know um Shelly managed to get back in the ring he faked diving through the ropes at Devitt instead ran back the other way bounced off the ropes runs away from Devitt dives onto Carl Anderson and then you immediately get a gigantic brawl, baby versus baby faces versus Bullet Club. They're all grabbing each other, beating the shit of each other. It this gigantic sequence, which goes on for like five, couldn't have been ten minutes, but it must have been at least five minutes. Um, felt like forever. Bullet Club ends up being banned from ringside. Devitt and and Shelly trade lots of strikes after this. Um, Shelly hits a brainbuster. Devitt kicks out. Shelly gets put in the tree of woe by Devitt. Devitt hits him with a drop kick. Coup de grace out of the back. Um, like we talked about in their previous match. There's a ref bump, of course. Corner rubbing dropkick by Devitt. Devitt tries to use the belt, but he misses. Shelly hits a DDT. Then he hits an Enziguri. Then he hits a Brain Buster uh, for a kickout. Devitt kicks out of all that. Frog Splash. Kickout. Super Kick. Slice Bread. Kickout. So Devitt just kicked out of fucking everything. And you know what? I actually like that. Because he is like the heel Superman. He is... He's the new bad guy. And like, he can't be beat. And this is the baby face, like, learning, you know... He's just not on that level. There was an exposed... Okay, yeah, that's right. I should have written this down in my notes. But I wrote it down towards the end. Because I didn't notice... Or I, I didn't write it down because this, this brawl went on for so long. The Bullet Club baby face brawl. Um, but one of the turnbuckle pads got taken off. And so they do a couple spots with where people get thrown at the buckle and hit it or don't hit it. Um, and there was a... Both of them got hit with the exposed buckle and both of them kicked out of the pin attempt from it. Uh, it was a brain buster by Debit, which of course is his finisher now, but Shelly kicks out of that. Um, but then Debit hits a gut buster, the coup de gras, for a kick out, and then finally brain buster, pin. And I wrote, um, for my star rating, I wrote four stars, question mark, three and a half stars, because... The actual match itself, if you cut out all of the bullshit, it was a four-star match. But if you just, if you include the bullshit, it's like, I don't know how to judge it because it's, you know, what can you say? A match that went 25 minutes and maybe like seven or eight minutes of that was, you know, fucking around on the outside bullshit. So it is what it is. Um, I don't know what else to say. I know next we are talking about um, Dominion. I haven't really looked at the card for that, except I know that Devitt challenged Tanahashi after his match, so I guess we're going to see Devitt versus Tanahashi, which obviously is non-title, because Tanahashi does not have a belt right now, and Devitt only has the junior belt, which Tanahashi, I assume, is not going to be challenging for. Uh, now that Tanahashi's not the champ, I expect Devitt to beat him, but I haven't looked ahead, so I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'm not sure who Okada is defending against at Dominion. Um, like I said, I haven't looked ahead, so that'll be a nice little surprise. 
I'm trying to think of who a viable candidate is. I know Naito is coming back at that show, so he'll be wrestling somebody. I don't know who. And I'm trying to think of who, if, if, if Balor's not challenging, then who's going to challenge? Like who's, unless it's Carl Anderson maybe, uh, because it, Bullet Club's obviously getting hot right now. You have Carl Anderson challenge, or you have Ian Foley get a title shot right now. It kind of makes sense. Uh, I don't know who else is around you could defend against. Because I think the Nagata-Sakuraba match is going to happen, and Goto-Shibata is maybe their their rematch is going to happen, I think. Or maybe their first match. Have they had their first match yet? I think they did a double count-out at, at Dontaku. See, when I don't watch this stuff every week, I start to forget what's going on, especially when I'm following New Japan in real time as well. Anyway, um, that's the show for this week. Uh, if you're listening to this on a few days after I uploaded it, on um, let's see here, Sunday, April thirtieth, there's going to be a New Japan show on New Japan Pro Wrestling World main event: uh, Naito versus Juice Robinson. Also, Hiromu Takahashi, as we've talked about here, hit one of his earlier matches, defending his junior heavyweight title against Ricochet. Uh, I believe there's also going to be a singles match of Tanahashi versus Evil of Los Ingobernables de Japón. Um, so that all seems like a great card. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, on, I believe, Wednesday. So that'll be Wednesday, May 3rd. Um, there's going to be the second Wrestling Dontaku show, because there's two this year. But one of them's not called Wrestling Dontaku, but it's the same kind of thing. Uh, Folly versus Okada, speaking of which, is going to be the main event of that show. Um, as well as Kenny Omega versus Tomohiro Ishii in the co-main event. Uh, and I think there's a tag title match as well, but those are the main, the two main things. So, yeah, um, lots going on in wrestling this weekend. Uh, lots going on in New Japan, and of course, we we're glad to get our two both the shows back up again this week. Hopefully, we'll get them out next week. Next week should be a pretty chill week, although we are not. I'm gonna be going home next week, so it might be a struggle to get the show out. We'll see how it goes, uh, see when I'm back, all that good stuff. I'm gonna do my best if I don't get it on Thursday. This show, try and get it on Friday. The hopefully, we'll have recorded an episode of the regular show uh, ahead of time so we can release it late Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. Stay tuned on that front. Um, as always, follow us at Hops and Drops on Twitter. We're Hops and Elbow Drops on Facebook. Hops and Elbow Drops on SoundCloud. And if you can rate and review us on iTunes, uh, just Google, just iTunes search Hops and Elbow Drops. That means a lot to us. It really makes a big difference for uh, how many eyeballs get on our podcast. And we really, really appreciate you guys sharing that. Anyone you think would be into wrestling whether it's it's casual fans because on the main show we do try to appeal to those people um and of course on this show we're a little bit more hardcore but if it's if anyone you think might be interested in starting in japan this is a great show to start them with because we're starting it like towards the beginning of this big push i guess i could have started at wrestle kingdom six i started with okada's return which maybe would have made more sense but this is what we're doing it's working so far anyway i've rambled long enough thank you for listening Love you so much, and we will see you again very soon.